Shalom, shalom, shalom. Hey, what's going on? My name is Michael Sano, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast. The only positive podcast about the food, the culture, and the people of Israel. We're here to tell you about all the great things that this big little country has to offer. Listen, hey, if this is your first time watching us, on the video version of the podcast, please, please, please do not forget to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so that you're always in the loop and always know when we have a fresh episode out. If you'd like to take us with you on your way to work or to the gym, you can find the audio version of this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify, and if you'd like to help support what we do, please feel free to become a patron of the show by heading on over to our Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash 12 cities in Israel, and set up a monthly donation. We would appreciate it, and every donation allows us to continue bringing you this awesome show. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, the... Uh, the Patreon thing we got going on. Um, because I have some big news on the, on the, the, uh, the patron front we are in, uh, but before we get to that, before we get to that, welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 26. We got a fun, uh, we got a fun episode. We're going to give you some updates in this episode. We're also going to talk a little bit about in the second half, we're going to talk about Ulpan. Ulpan is the, uh, is the intensive Hebrew program that is available at a lot of institutions in Israel. But before we do that, let's get into our shout-outs to our sponsors. Our first one is from Neviot Plus. Neviot Plus flavored water. Nature at its best taste. Neviot Plus delivers you with a true combination of health and pleasure. Based on Neviot Natural Mineral Water, one of its kind in Israel, it's enhanced with five, that's right, five B-group vitamins. It's naturally sweetened. It is low in calories, only 35 to 40 calories per eight fluid ounces. There are no preservatives, no color additives, and it's available in delicious, indulging flavors like apple, peach, and grape, which we have here today. If you're in Israel... You should be drinking Neviot. For more information, check out their website at www.neviotglobal.com forward slash en forward slash home. That's www.neviotglobal.com forward slash en forward slash home. If you'd like to pick up this water, and I know that you would, um, head on over to our next sponsor, Makolet Online. Makolet Online's main goal is to make Israeli groceries and Judaic products affordable and available to everyone in the USA and Canada. Their online store carries items that are unavailable in most places in North America. Things like tahini, Israeli chocolates, frozen borekas, and the Neviat water that we are drinking here today. At Makolet Online, you will find your favorite Israeli goods or simply enjoy brand new flavors. All of their products are kosher. And most are manufactured in Israel. If you want the taste of Israel delivered to your home, visit www.makoletonline.com and order today. And also, for an added bonus, 
Um, if you use the coupon code 12 cities in Israel, all one word, no spaces, um, you will receive 15% off of your entire order. So again, visit www.makoletonline.com. That's www.makoletonline.com and order today. Um, we love those guys. We love uh, Neviot. We love uh, Macaulay Online. We love all our sponsors. We actually do on, what do we do it on? We do it on Instagram and on Twitter, uh, which gets filtered. I think our Instagram gets spread onto our Facebook feed. Um, every Wednesday, we do what's called a Wednesday shout out to our sponsors. Um, and that's just, you know, to show appreciation. We love you guys. We love what you do for us. And thank you so much. All right. So uh so what's happening here? Um, what are we uh what kind of fun stuff is happening? Well, actually, last episode, episode 25, 25, which was our fitness in Israel episode, where um I gave you guys a bunch of information and videos and and uh i put a couple of links in the video version to some of the instagram people um that we follow and so you know we support them they're they're good people they're they're trying to make not just a healthy israel but a healthy world um one of them renat ben khalifa uh she i i sent out messages to everyone on instagram that i included um, Eric Dolphin, uh, Kobe Bambaron, um, Avital Cohen, all of them. And, uh, Renat Ben Khalifa got back to me. She was so psyched. She was so happy. Thank you so much. It was a wonderful pleasure, um, to, to, to talk to you, to text back to you <laughs> through Instagram. So she's a really great person. She's got a lot of information on her website. Um, she is, she knows not just fitness, but she also knows, uh, um, general health and wellness. And she, she's got a lot of food recipes. She's also on YouTube. So check her out. Um, but we've got that, that was a really successful episode. A lot of people really enjoyed it. And thank you so much. Um, Peter, uh, one of, one of, uh, the people who, who routinely, um, responds and comments, um, had some really good questions that I'm going to have to address later about, um, what were they about? They were about bodybuilding, which is a big deal in, uh, in, in Israel. And he also had a number of questions about martial arts. Well, what's interesting about that is I spoke about Krav Maga and how the Wingate Institute is the, you could say the parent organization of the movement. Um, but judo is also, uh, super duper duper, uh, popular in Israel. Israel routinely wins, um, gold medals on the world stage in men's and women's judo. Women's judo, whoo, you better watch what you say to an Israeli woman because they, <laughs> wow. Some of these uh, the these female judo athletes are just tremendous. If you watch the videos of them, and you watch at their uh, just their technique and their takedowns, are really really fabulous. 
amazing athletes. And uh, I encourage everyone to go and check them out. Now, Peter also did something else. And it is one of the things that I wanted to specifically, specifically bring up. Peter has a unique distinction in the 12 cities in Israel community. Peter is my first patron through Patreon. Now, I've received money from a couple of different people um, in the form of checks, two or, no, two, specifically two other people. Uh, And also through PayPal, I've received, you know, a, a couple of couple of hundred dollars here and there which has been incredibly helpful but a long-term commitment is a uh is, is just it, the dedication that goes into that and committing to that and committing to what we're trying to do here Peter I cannot thank you enough I cannot I don't know words I mean I it, it's funny because podcasting is words. Um, it is communication, the human voice, but I, my human voice, my words are inadequate to convey the appreciation and thanks from my family to yours. Um, wow. Uh, holy cow. I just, uh, so... I, 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 this is what I do. This is, this is what I've chosen as my profession. I went to college. I went to, uh, I was in the military for a number of years. Um, and then went to college and was going to, um, was going to get a degree in international studies and then move on to work in, uh, security, anti-terrorism, that kind of thing. And one of the things that I realized was very quickly, um, was that every day was going to be a bad day. If not my bad day, at least somebody else's bad day. Um, and I had to introspectively think about that. Um, I had to think about the fact that every day would be Something that, um, something that just wouldn't, something that would, would cause me to have sleepless nights, something that would cause me to, just not have a good day. Bottom line, not have a good day. Every day would be a bad day. Um, and I decided um, that that wasn't what I wanted. I had had enough bad days in the military. I had had enough bad days in my life uh, just through, um, what do you call it? Through perception, direction, discipline, not being able to um, achieve what I wanted in life. Uh, so I decided I made a concerted effort. Hey, we're going to we're going to have nothing but good days. This started simply. It started with, hey, how are you doing? I'm awesome. Responding that I'm awesome every single time. And uh, that um, kind of developed into a 
of a view and outlook of how I wanted my life to be. Um, so while I, I was lucky, I, I was able to do this in college. Um, while I was doing this, I was um, put myself fully into the Jewish studies program at the City College of New York and became and decide, you know, I, before I get into that, I'm getting, well, no, but, and, and in, in deciding to jump feet first into Jewish studies, um, I wound up jumping feet first into Israel, into, um, my relationship with Israel. Um, and what came from that so uh, I, I have to backtrack a little bit. Hold on. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Peter, this is for you. I'm actually going to try to figure out how to get you some of this coffee. So um, as a thank you, I think that's what that's what's going to come. Hold on. And before I get into all that, um, let me go back to the let me go back to the Patreon thing. And it's uh, this is not a. Uh, so Patreon, uh, as just about everyone knows, Patreon is, is a uh, platform for creatives to generate income uh, so that they can continue to produce um, creative works. Um, in my case, it's my show content um, and eventually the full uh, 12 Cities in Israel travel show and the continuation of my ability to do interviews. Um, part of that is I have to be kind of ingenious. Um, I have to figure out ways in order to generate income so that I can continue to do my work. Um, I have a couple of, of ideas about how we're going to do that. One of them is actually, one of them is funny. We're going to, I'm, I'm looking into, I found this mug. So I used to have this big glass tall actually i think it's a beer stein um that i used to drink my coffee from and i like coffee i like a big coffee um and you know what they say about big coffee big mugs um horrible joke uh <laughs> but i like this mug it's called a pilsner mug it's a stainless steel mug i got it at Shoprite, and it's a uh it's it it's just the best mug I've ever come across. So what I've been doing is I've been scouring the internet and the multitude of buy me now um merchandising websites to try to find the perfect mug that I can throw the 12 cities in Israel label on. Um and I want it to be a good quality product, but I also want it to be a reasonable price. Um I'm trying to figure out what I'm how how we're gonna do that. There's a couple of things um, that in, in terms of merchandise I would like to do. One of them is these mugs um, that say 12 cities in Israel. Um, actually, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you in the comments um, or through email tell me what colors. So the colors for the show, the branding colors for the show are orange, blue, and white. Um, white won't show up too well. I'm having trouble finding orange, so I'm thinking about going with blue, royal blue mugs, um, like this one. If you're if you're watching the the video version, you'll see. Um, and I want you to let me know 
if you think that's cool. I want you to let me know what you guys might be willing to pay for something like that. Um, I'm it, this is this tool, this podcast is the perfect um, research tool. It's actually really kind of neat when you think about it, when you think about what I'm doing and when you think about how I'm doing it and how every how in this day and age um, I'm able to, uh, I hate the term grassroots, but from the ground up build what I'm trying to do, this, um, this gateway to Israel, this uh, media project that's intended to be a gateway to Israel um, and how I'm, I'm able to continue to do it, to finance it, to keep it afloat. Um, and the ingenious interaction between you, the viewers, and the participants in this podcast, because that's actually what I think you are. I don't think you're just viewers and listeners. I think you're participants, and that's the coolest part of it, is I interact with some of you. Um, I wish I could interact with more of you. I wish more of you reached out to interact. Um, another thing that we want to bring out as far as merchandising, I think we'll start with the mugs, but there are these bags. Um, so one of the professors um, at City College had these, um, they're like book bags, they're like the uh, little handle strap bags and you, you know, put all your stuff in them for the day that you're going to, all, all your materials for my professors, they put all their materials for the class in them and they're really cool. And I think if, if we got a couple of 12 cities in Israel ones, they take off like welfare. Um, I, there's t-shirts and hats and stuff like that, but I don't know if we're going there. Um, but the reason I'm bringing all this up is, uh, and the reason I'm bringing Patreon up is because if Patreon can help fund this, if you fund me, um, I will ensure that you are the first people to get this stuff. If you are a patron, I am going to send you a mug. I'm not going to make you pay for it. I'm not going to make you pay shipping and handling. I'm going to send you a mug. If you are a patron and we start um, making these bags, as it stands now, I am going to send you, um, well, I don't know if I'm going to, well, yeah, I'm going to send you a bag, okay, as a thank you. It's the least I could do. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Um that's out there. That's a commitment on my part to do it. It's a call to action for you to help me. And the reason where where all this is coming from, before I was talking about I about the bad day, about going to school. Whoa, I brought it all full full circle. Can you believe that? <laughs> um the reason why I'm talking about um my experience in college and how um, breaking with international studies and diving headfirst into uh, into Jewish studies was so important is because um, I had decided that I wanted to be I wanted Israel to be a part of my life. I wanted and and I. Uh, Initially, I, you know, the dream is Aliyah. I want to make Aliyah, which is to uh, emigrate to Israel, um, to be a new Olim, a new um, immigrant to Israel. And yes, I have that dream. I want that. I want that more than anything. 
Um, and there's nothing stopping me from doing it physically. I could say, well, I have family. Uh, we have a good job. My son's in a good school. But literally, honestly, there is nothing stopping me from doing it. Um, I just, where I am right now is that's not part of it. So uh, on the flip side, um, I love being there. So I go there once a year and I have to go there once a year. Not And, and it's funny I say that. I have to go there once a year for this show to get new content, to get new pictures, to meet new people, um, and to film, uh, to film things. But it's deeper than that. I need to be there. I physically need to be there. Like I was on the phone with my friend Moti um, before yesterday, sometime earlier in this week, and he's my best friend. He's totally my best friend in the world, and I miss him. I miss his family. I miss being around him. I miss sitting at his home. Um, it breaks, it literally breaks my heart to not be there. Um, I miss my friend Neely Kane who lives in Jerusalem. Um, it breaks my heart to not see her all the time. Um, I just, it's, it's funny because for a lot of people, the stones are what make Israel. Um, but for me, the stones are important, but stones grind to dust it's the people um the people being in that culture being around all of those those welcoming uh arms are is just phenomenal and i found out very early um that i wanted to be a part of that while i was in college um and the more i interacted with it the less i wanted to be a part of the negative. What do I mean by that? Um, what I mean by that is those bad days. Um, worrying about what the other guy was going to do consistently is a difficult existence. And being uh, someone who was, you know, with a military background who was going to get a degree in international studies and work in anti-terrorism and, and all of that. Um, it's, it's a harsh life. It's a lonely life. It's a life that has the potential to be devoid of happiness. And the more ironically, um, the more I was around Israel, not just physically, but in my brain, the less I wanted to do with that. Um, and I say ironically because when you go to Israel, you see the army everywhere. You see security everywhere. You see um, metal detectors when you go into malls and movie theaters, um, which is not something you see in the United States. So you're constantly reminded of this bad day but there is so much to the Israeli, so much resilience to the Israeli psyche, so much positivity. Um, a lot of people, I, I, I do, I hear com, uh, people, oh, Israelis complain and they're so rough and na 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 and okay. Um, but I don't see that. Uh, maybe it's because I choose not to see that in general in my life. Um, you can bring me to the most gruff person in the world and yeah, I'll call him an a-hole, but 
will still sit <laughs> and share uh, a burger. You know what I mean? So I, I have, I think what's wonderful is my journey changed my outlook on life. Um, and I don't know. I just, um, I realized that I didn't want to, one, I realized I didn't want to have bad days anymore. Um, and that the track that I was on was going to give me a multitude of bad days. Two, um, I realized I didn't want to work in an office. I didn't want to be confined to reports. Yeah, there's a lot. Oh, my gosh. So I have, in order to do this, I had to start my own business. Um, Magnastore Media Group. That sounds so intense, doesn't it? Um, the little card shows up at the end of the video version. Um, but it's it's my company. It's what I do all this through. Um, and there's a lot of <laughs> cubicle work that goes into running your own company. But um, I I'm I'm I don't work in a cubicle. I I work in the creative arts, uh, producing what I what I believe is is excellent content and. Uh, I get to do that for a living. So, th- wow, it's so cool. And because of people like Peter, you rock star, and all those who will come soon, um, I'm able to do this. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm blown away by it. All right, um, I have to, uh, I have to do a couple of shout outs. We're at the, we're at the break. And then um, as soon as I'm done with that, I'm going to talk to you about, the biggest thing that um, brought me over and, and and solidified my decision to do what I'm doing. So hold on just one sec. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. All right. So our first shout out goes to iConnect. iConnect, engagement with Israel that earns you rewards iConnect is a website dedicated to teaching you more about Israel. It's also a social gaming platform where you can play, earn points, and receive cool prizes all for free. While you are there, you will connect with Israel by engaging with all of iConnect's numerous articles, games, quizzes, polls, and much more. Now, why should you play? Because iConnect's unique platform introduces you to Israel in a fun, exciting, and most importantly, rewarding way, all while working towards giving you a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So head on over to www.iconnect.co.il. That's www.iconnect.co.il and start playing now. Um Our next one is from Israel Phones. Israel Phones is the leading provider of communication devices for people traveling to Israel. Israel Phones offers SIM cards, mobile phone rentals, and MiFi devices, which are mobile Wi-Fi hotspots, and serves the connectivity needs of tour groups, synagogues, schools, community missions, study programs, and individuals visiting their family, and friends, supplying you with all of the mobile phone equipment that you'll need on your next trip to Israel. Right now, right now, because of watching this show, 
Israel Phones will give you a free SIM card, which is a $15 value if you spend $30 or more on their site. All you have to do to get this deal is to use the coupon code 12 cities in Israel. That's the number one, two cities in Israel. All one word, no spaces when checking out on your next order. For more information on what Israel phones can do for you and to get this great deal, please visit www.israelphones.com. Um, yeah, uh, I actually wound up in touch with Israel phones because of the next portion of this podcast. Um, so what now one of the big catalysts to moving me over, um, was my trip to Israel, my first trip to Israel, um, which I took, I think in my first, uh, year, my first summer break, at City College of New York. And um, I went for Ulpan. Part of the Jewish Studies program at the City College of New York involves a, uh, uh, a, uh, a language, requ- language requirement where you have to take modern Hebrew. Um, I fell in love with the language. Fell in love with it. Um use it. I actually use it every day, um, in some form or another. And, uh, one of the, um, one of the things actually I just, and this is some interesting new news. I now, uh, in, 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 um, what do you, in addition, in addition to doing this podcast, I also do blog posts. Um, I have just started as a blogger for the Times of Israel, uh, which is a newspaper in Israel. And I am honored um, and humbled that they would have me. So, uh, and for my first article, I wrote about Hebrew being the gateway to appreciating the culture and people and even the food of Israel. And, uh, I was blessed, absolutely blessed with the opportunity to go to Israel, to Ben-Gurion University. I know I always uh, talk about Beersheba, and and this is why. Um, I didn't even want to go there. Did not want to go there at all. Um, so Ulpan is intensive Hebrew training. So uh, it, it, I'll give you a quick two minute background. So in the beginning, they were trying to figure out what, 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 what are we going to speak as a new country? So there were arguments, big time arguments. You can read about this in the histories of the, uh, the, the pre-state Israel and, and the, the, the state when it, when it finally formed in 1948 and, uh, people suggested German, because there were, uh, because it was seen as the intellectual language. This was prior to World War II, um, and it was seen as the intellectual language of Europe. If you were going to be taken seriously, uh, professionally and academically in Europe, you needed to speak German. 
uh, Berlin was this place. Theodor Herzl, he was in Berlin for a little while, and uh, it was... Um, actually, I don't think he really liked it too much, but it was the seat of um, of academic um, stature, all right? So that was on the table. Um, Yiddish, uh, which um, there were issues about Yiddish being um, the native language, Um I am not exactly sure why. Something is say something's niggling in the back of my head that's telling me um that it was due to its um that it wasn't as prevalent outside of um the smaller not smaller, but outside of the religious community that it wasn't it, it wasn't prominent. Um there was Hebrew, what was a new modern Hebrew that was being developed and written in by the academics of um, Eastern Europe was where they were developing it. Um, and there were a lot of people who didn't want it. They, they said Hebrew as the language of Israel is heretical. Um, there, this is a holy language. You can't do this. But eventually it won out. And it won out, I think, because of what are the Maskalim who wrote in, um, who were now writing. This is uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. They were writing their treatises. They were writing novels, plays, poems, all these things in Hebrew. And it was emerging as this language uh of the new jew at the turn of the 20th century uh into the 20th century so i'm sorry i'm trying to i know i'm I'm, uh, there are a lot of ums us us and that's because i'm trying to pull the wealth the dearth of my uh (laughs) of my jewish studies education into this podcast and knocking the rust off um so Finally, they decided uh, Hebrew was going to be what it was. So, uh, there was a major, major, major problem, though. We had in Israel at the time a number of people who didn't speak Hebrew. They spoke German. They spoke Yiddish. They spoke English. They spoke all these other languages. And as soon as the state was developed, they put up all these signs, road signs everywhere, and nobody could read them. All the documents, uh, the government documents, forms, everything, articles, publications were in Hebrew. Nobody could read them. Uh, few could read. Uh, some people could read them. But the majority of the the average individual man and woman in the state of Israel couldn't read them. So what did they do? They established these Ulpan learning centers, and they were just basically crash courses and it there was an understanding this is really kind of slick too um and it's indicative of the era so in a lot of homes and even when i was growing up uh i grew up in new britain connecticut which is a large polish community um and there were a lot of people who did not speak english at home um still 
in, in, in at that time Polish was spoken at home um but they knew but their kids spoke English outside this was this was what the this is what the concept was okay we won't be able to speak Hebrew our generation but our children will be taught by those who are fluent in the language and our next generation will speak Hebrew and all following generations. And I think that's, that's really interesting, a little scary um, that you're going to put your future generations in a language that you yourself don't speak. That's gotta be a little scary. Will they understand? Will what I feel and do translate to my next generation? Um, but they did it and it did, and it was successful. And now there, the Ulpan tradition continues, um, in all of the, pretty much all the higher institutions in, uh, in Israel have an Ulpan program. What do I mean by that? Hold on. I need a sip. A little bit of a dry throat. Sorry about that. So what do I mean by that? Um, all the colleges um, in Israel, the majority of the colleges have study abroad offices, have overseas programs. And I'm sorry, I have a sniffle. All of those programs have uh, students and at times faculty and researchers coming from overseas to Israel to study, work, do research, uh, or to be a um, professor from another country who's, uh, you know, bringing you a new insight or a new perspective. So all of these colleges have um, Hebrew programs, intensive Hebrew programs, Ulpan programs. One of them is um, Ben Gurion University, the one that I attended. Another one is Hebrew University on Mount Scopus in Jerusalem. Um, what's another one? Tel Aviv University in Tel Aviv. Uh, what's the one? Um, IDC Herzliya has one. But what's interesting about that is they have one, but also they offer entire degrees in English. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, the University of Haifa has one. Technion has one. I don't actually know. So they may share one. I know that one college or university shares one with another one, but I'm not exactly sure which one. And I found out about all these when I went to, um, well, I found out about the Ben-Gurion one through my school, through our study abroad office. And wound up going, that's where I bring the tie-in to Israel phones. That's where my first interaction, my relationship started with Israel phones is they recommended them. And they said, you need to get a SIM card. Every kid has to have a mobile phone that works in Israel. Um, it was It's a requirement. It's actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a requirement for all schools, seeing as you're bringing kids from other countries over and you need to have them be able to be in contact at all times. Um, neither here nor there. But um, so all these schools have Ulpan programs. Uh, 
and Ulpan is there's a couple of components. One, it's very, very fast. And it's very it's done in such a way, and I don't know how they figured this out. It's done in such a way that you absorb it quickly. Almost as if there's an it's probably it. It's probably the urgency of the program causes you to absorb it um uh, so quickly. Um but immersion just like with any other study abroad program, is what really makes the language stick or the little parts of the language stick. Now, I and I'm probably going to get some flack about this, but um, in Jerusalem, you'll find people who speak English. I've actually, in, in Jerusalem, had people early in my Hebrew career, um, had people tell me to stop speaking Hebrew and to just speak English because they couldn't understand me. Um, Tel Aviv, most people speak English. Actually, that was the weird thing. We had been in Beersheba for a while, and um, oh, we were hearing English everywhere, and it was weird. It's, it, when you're not hearing English for a couple of weeks routinely, it's weird to hear it in the street. It's it's an experience unlike any other. Um, but you'll hear English in the street all over Jerusalem, especially over by the Kotel. There's a lot of English speakers in the old city. Um, there are a lot of English speakers in Tel Aviv. And Haifa is an international city. It's a very cosmopolitan international city. So you will hear a lot of English. Um, very, very crisp, clear English. Um, but let's go back to Beersheba, where I was. So the cool thing about Beersheba is it's an incredibly diverse city. It So a lot of, there are these, this concept, this idea of, well, it's more than just an idea. It's an actuality. There are different types of towns in Israel. So, um, and I and I heard this a lot where you say, "Hey, I, I'm, where are you from?" Oh, I'm from X Y Z. Um, wow, that's a isn't that an Arab town or isn't that a it's mostly Russian there or it's mostly uh, that's that's a really religious town. Um, it's more an Orthodox community, right? Um, so in the bigger cities you don't get that, but in the towns you get that, um, and the cities tend to on the most part, reflect the majority of the groups that are there. So Jerusalem, you're going to find a lot of uh, of religious Jews. Uh, um, in Tel Aviv, you're going to find a lot of, uh, you will find religious Jews in Tel Aviv, but you'll, you will find a lot of um, people who aren't outward, outwardly religious um, as much. Now, why why is that relevant to better show yeah it is um in the sense that what i'm not just talking about i'm not just talking about the divide between religious and secular i'm talking about the divide between the different communities not just the religious communities but the different ethnic communities that exist within judaism uh that exist um within the state um and in Beersheba, you have this amazing diversity. 
you have Arabs, you have Jews, but inside the Jews, you have uh, Beta Israel, Ethiopian Jews, you have um, a lot of Moroccan Jews, you have Russians, you have uh, all different kinds of Ashkenazi, you have religious, you have secular, you have all these different groups all in this one city. Yes, some live in certain neighborhoods, but for the most part, everyone generally lives together. Um, and you don't, I didn't find that, maybe I wasn't looking in the right place. I didn't find that much, the amount of inclusion that I found in Beersheba, I didn't find throughout the country, which I thought was really, uh, it, it could almost be a model. <coughs> Excuse me. It could almost be a model. Um, but it, what's neat about that is the only thing that unites all of them is their language, Hebrew. Um, well, I'm sure there's more, the, the football team. Um, but <laughs> one of the, the, the great, um, things is that it is not, Bershev is not an English speaking, uh, city, um, for the most part. I think 50% of the people in Bershev don't speak English, um, at a, at a fluent level. So, my whole point for bringing all that up is that by being in Beersheba, you're forced to use Hebrew. You're forced to interact with the community. You're for, if you want to get toilet paper, you need to know how to ask in Hebrew because they'll look at you like you're from Mars. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I thought that was really fascinating. I thought that was so neat. Um, and you in turn got this little, um, history lesson or sociographic lesson on the uh, makeup of communities in Israel. Um, that, and, and it's not to say, um, and this is very important, it, it, that's not to say Israel is segregated. That's not to say that it's, uh, it's just that in such a new country where people are moving to uh, different areas like moves to like, um, and communities develop. Um, I, I, I'm actually interested if anyone out there can give me more information on, um, how the diverse groups, uh, are segmented throughout Israel. Uh, if there are other examples like there are in Beersheba, because I'd really like to see it, um, that would be cool. Um, but the cool thing, uh, the thing that I'm talking about right now is how the Hebrew language is this big uniting factor. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of smack being talked about um, the, and I'm not going to get into I, I'm not. I'm not going to get into the discussion as to whether or not Hebrew should be the only language that's used inside Israel. Um, because it, it, coming from America and understanding that the that there is a dominant language and that, that, that business should be done, and what I mean by business, I mean the state's business, so that everyone has an understanding and everyone is on the same footing. Um that, that there should be a, a primary language. Absolutely. Um, 
in that that doesn't discount all of the other languages that are spoken in the United States. The same goes for Israel. Um, so uh, anyone who wants to to come and just uh, it, it, most people are looking for a fight, looking for an argument. I'm here to tell you, I'm not interested in engaging in that argument. All I want to tell you is that Hebrew is a window into understanding um, the social fabric that is Israel. Um, and it's so funny because I mentioned toilet paper. Um, going to the grocery store is an exercise in understanding how Israel is, how Israel operates, and how, how the people are. Um, think about it in your own community. Think about it in your grocery store and what's what's important there and how you're treated. Um, and, and I mentioned how you're treated because um, what do we talk about? The customer's always right. Um, that's not always the case uh, in shopping in Israel. Um, a lot of times the customer is just on the other end of you get what you get. Um, but, yeah, in order to understand these dynamics – Learning Hebrew is something that I suggest people do. If you're interested in Israel, if you're interested in the people of Israel, if you're interested in the culture that exists there, if you're interested in the food, if you want to be able to get things that you wouldn't normally be able to get or answer questions, uh, I strongly suggest, strongly, strongly suggest Enrolling in an ulpan. There are ulpans in the United States. I think there are ulpans in Europe too. But there's nothing like going on a uh, an ulpan program in Israel. I will put up um in the in the in the description on the video version uh, the all the ulpan programs for all the universities, and I'll even uh, try to find ulpan programs for. Uh, what do you call it for non-students because there's there's a number of uh there's a number of programs it, it's it's just i mean my journey started with hebrew um i'm able to all right so you'll notice i go on rants not rants but um i go on these little fishing expedition not, uh what do you call them when you go, well, basically I get off point a lot. I get off point. But the reason that I'm able to get off point on Israel is because I've learned the language. I have a, a somewhat understanding of Israeli society and culture, and I'm able to comment because of that. Um, but if you learn Hebrew then you'll be able to also, um, you'll be able to get a better understanding. You, you'll, you'll watch something that's in Hebrew and read the titles underneath and be able to tell your Hebrew teacher, Hey, they didn't say that. Yeah, I know it's not a good translation, but, um, but you'll, you, and, and you'll be a part of it. If you want to be a part of Israel, learn Hebrew. Um, uh, all right. Um, and that's where I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, 
that was a meander. Holy cow. Um, all right. So coming up in February, uh, I am taking the show on the road. We're going to Tel Aviv. We're going to the C Executive Suites uh, to do interviews with a number of fabulous people. Emmanuel Kadosh from ILTV. She's a host. Um, two of my fellow bloggers from the Times of Israel, uh, Shoshana Keats-Jaskal and Sarah Tuttle-Singer. Doron Almog from Ale, the Special Needs Organization. Um, Rivka Karmi, the president, the former president of Ben Gurion University. Um, Yishai Fleischer, he is the spokesperson for the Jewish community in Hebron. Uh, Corey Gill Schuster will be on. He is the uh, he is the host of the YouTube channel. Ask a Palestinian, ask an Israeli. He's coming on. Um, Daniel Seaman, he is the former spokesperson for the prime minister's office uh, from uh, Netanyahu's first administration. Um, we've also got a couple of artists, a ballerina, a DJ uh, from Tel Aviv, and all of these people are coming on and I am putting up all of the money for it. So what I'm asking is if you can go to our website, uh, www.12citiesinisrael.com and hit the PayPal button and help us in any way you can. Uh, I have about, I think about $4,500 left. I'm whittling away. I have to make some purchases, uh, this week. Um, but Anything you can do to help would be tremendous. I really need it. And as I stated about the Patreon, if you do help, I will make sure you get some merchandise when we have merchandise come in. So um, please, if you want to be a part of this and help us bring these amazing interviews to you, then head on over to our website, hit the PayPal button, and help us out. Um, all right. Um Thank you so much for joining us for the 12 Cities in Israel podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our feed and become a part of the 12 Cities in Israel community. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. And we'll be bringing you a brand new podcast every week. So keep your eyes out for that. Also, 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 as I stated in the beginning... To help support this podcast, you can visit our Patreon page and become a regular donor. You can find that page at www.patreon.com forward slash 12 cities in Israel, the number one, two cities in Israel. Um, also, please visit our YouTube channel where you can see a video version of this podcast, plus other videos that we have produced, including our fully travel episode on Hey, you guessed it, the city of Beersheba in southern Israel. While you're there, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. You can also check out our website, www.12citiesinisrael.com. Uh, you can find us on our Facebook page. You can find us on Instagram, where every day I'm putting out a brand new picture. Um from our trips to Israel and also on Twitter where every day I'm giving a shout out to someone about something. Um, so there. All right. That's it. Todo va. Yalla bye.